Welcome to David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. You are about to get a glimpse behind the curtain of David's massively successful income acceleration principles as he shows you how to approach your business with innovative growth strategies that are grounded in accurate thinking and result in high-end sales. And here is the man himself, David Nagel. You have to begin to understand laws. And the main law that we're following here is the law of polarity. The law of polarity dictates that there cannot be anything in the universe that doesn't have an opposite and that's not equal and opposite. Also, what we have to understand is if something has an opposite, it's attached to its opposite. They're not separate, it's attached. So if I hold this marker up, the marker has a left side and a right side. But they're attached, are they not? Right? Okay. So the way you're operating is like this. If I hold this book up, you know that this book has a front and a back, do you not? But the only reason that you know that is because you have experience with the book. See, I'm looking at the front, you're looking at the back. So if you want to operate by only what you can see, you'd say, well, I can't read that book. It's just a back cover because I can't see the front. And I don't know that there's anything in between. Is that right? Right. The law says that it has to have a front, and it has to have a back. It has to have a right and a left. It has to have an up and a down. It has to have an in and an out. But it's what's in this book that I think is the most revealing. This is Raymond Hollywell's book called Working with the Law. And he was talking about desire that I drew here. Desire, in its Latin root, means of the Father, de sire, right? So when you have a desire that res resonating with you on the inside, you have to realize that it's actually coming from someplace on the outside, that you're resonating with one side of something here. Now, I want you to try to grasp this. If you don't have it, it also means that you do have it. If you don't have it, it means that you do have it. You ask me, how did I go to 60000 a month? This is how I went to 60000 a month, by understanding this law. Okay? I had a desire to go to 60000 a month, right? So the desire is one side of something. That means that the other side must also be present even if my eyes can't see it, even if my intellect can't understand it. It doesn't mean that it's not there. Hollywell put it like this. He said, true desire re represents the urge of life seeking fuller expression and is kept alive by continuous expectation of its fulfillment. It brings to us the ways and the means for the manifestation. The principle explains that no desire is felt until the supply is ready to appear. No desire is felt until the supply is ready to appear. Then he says, no mind can be conscious of a need or a desire unless the possibility of its fulfillment already exists. So, that's the first thing that you need to know. How it's going to happen is not your job. That's God's job. Your job is to make a decision, which is to exercise your power to choose one thing over another. Because when you choose one thing, you create and initiate the cause of the effect that you want. So if I say, 
I want to increase my income from 20000 to 62000 and I make a decision that that must happen, instantaneously, the opportunity to create that cause shows up in my life. Instantaneously. Then the question remains, am I willing to do the things and let go of the things that are required in order for me to step into that opportunity? But what Hollywell did not put down in that book that Napoleon Hill did put down in his was the other part of the equation. And the other part of the equation is that when opportunity shows up in that moment, it often comes disguised. And Napoleon Hill wrote about it called The Sly Disguises of Opportunity. He said it comes disguised. And it usually comes disguised as misfortune or temporary defeat. In other words, it comes disguised as something that's unfortunate in your life. So what you told me was about the things that were unfortunate. Somebody would want to know when it would pay it back. You've got a spouse that doesn't support it. You know, on and on and on. Those are all unfortunate things. Are they not? Because they're reasons that could, if you buy into those reasons, could keep you from actually going to 60000 a month. So I had all the reasons why I couldn't go from 20 thousand to sixty thousand or I couldn't go from sixty thousand a year to sixty thousand a month. I had all the reasons. But it was the disguise of those things that actually kept me from doing those things. Because I saw them as things that I did not want to experience. Your so if we're gonna follow the law, your biggest problem, your biggest obstacle is also your biggest solution. You might want to write that down. Because everybody's always asking, how? How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? And the way to do it is right in front of you. But if you don't realize that the biggest obstacle that you have, the biggest objection that you have, is also your biggest solution in disguise, then you run from it instead of embracing it. And this is why so many people can't find success. It's not that it's not there. It's that they can't see it because it's disguised as their biggest problem. But from where, you're sitting, from where you're sitting, it's like a giant puzzle. If you don't have it, you also, do, you also do have it. So you think about what you don't have right now that you want to change. You cannot be in a situation where you don't have it and don't have it. If you don't have it, you do have it. That's the damnedest thing about the law. So whatever experience you're suffering, you also have the opposite experience in your life. You're just not experiencing it. You're not allowing yourself to participate in the experience. To answer her question, she keeps raising her hand. I don't have a countdown timer on here, Joe. Did you even know it was possible to make 60,000 a month before someone told you? Before somebody told me? Yeah. No, No, I didn't think it was possible for me. I mean, what got you to the point to even inquire about that amount? Well, when I went from 20000 a year to 62000 a year, mm-hmm. when everything in my experience had told me there's no way that could ever possibly happen, right? You have to remember, I did that in the late 80s, and that was probably when most of, most of the kids that I hung around and grew up with, if their parents were making thirty or 40000 a year after working 20 or 30 years, they were lucky. They were lucky. They were doing pretty well. For themselves. To make 60000 from the neighborhood that I grew up in, 
was unheard of unless you were selling drugs, right? So it blew my mind that that even happened to me. I was shooting for 40000 and I thought that it would take me 20 or 30 years to get there. But it was by making one decision different than I had made before. And I, actually, I, I became what they call an unconscious competent. I made a decision that everybody else told me not to do. But I figured I would give it a try anyway and see what happens. And it allowed me to instantly go from 20000 a year to 62000 a year. So that really caused me to start thinking. It was like, wait a minute. This is not supposed to happen from somebody that has a poor work record, a bad attitude, that has quit every job, that quit high school. This isn't supposed to happen. And it, so much so that the people that were around me in my life were trying to make excuses for it. Like, who did you know? How did you get that job? Nobody gets that job. How, do you get, how did you get that job? I'm like, I don't know. And I didn't know. You know, and everybody was like, man, you really got lucky. And I really didn't want to believe in that, that I had gotten lucky, you know. I didn't believe that it was luck. I believed that it was something else, that I had done something to cause this. So that's when I started studying. And I realized that what, what really changed was I started making decisions from a different place. I started making decisions from a place of what could be possible instead of I'm afraid I'm going to lose. And yes, it was scary. And yes, I, there were nights where I was up all night long just sweating about, oh my God, if I make the wrong decision. That person that I told you that I looked up to in my life, the one that discouraged me from going to the seminar, I asked him about this job. And he's, he said to me, I said, I've got this opportunity to go to work for this company. I said, and it's a substantial increase in income. And he said but there's also a possibility you could get laid off, right? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I said, yeah, that's a possibility. And he said, uh-huh. He said, how much overtime do they give you where you're working now? I'm like, all the overtime I could possibly work. He said, I've always believed in going where you can get the overtime. So had I made a decision, and I thought to myself, but I'll never know. And that killed me, right? I'll never know. I'll never know if it was possible for me to do more. So my mind was going from a place of possibility. His mind was from safety, security, hold on to what at least you know you've got right now. Who else has a question? Here? And you've touched on this a little bit, David. Um, How do you actually scrub the subconscious strategies that aren't serving you? How do you scrub them? Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't. You You make a new choice right? You're not going to get rid of them. They're not going to go away. What happens is a transformation over time takes place where you make new choices with a new strategy and you give yourself a new experience. The real key is that you give yourself new experiences because if you don't give yourself a new experience, there's always part of your mind goes, yeah, but that's great, but it's not real. You still don't have this much money or you still don't have that success or you're still in this situation. So it becomes an argument that you end up in with internally. And of course, your mind always wins when it goes, yeah, but you don't have this yet. Or it's great for them, but you haven't done this yet. So what's essential, and one of the things that we do in our coaching is that we, we work on giving people transformational 
experiences in the direction that they want to go as fast as possible. As a matter of fact, we insist on it. Because if you don't start getting a result fast, you'll quit on yourself. You know? That's the way that you change it. Because once you have a new reality, your mind will not hold on to the old one anymore. Okay. So the new ones, the new strategies overlay and upon the surface of the old, and they don't really have an opportunity to resurface because you've had a new experience. Correct. Correct? Correct. Thank Absolutely. That's it for this episode of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. If you're a business owner who's hearing more no's from ideal clients than expected, go now to www.salesstrategyreview.com to claim a complimentary one-on-one session with one of David's trained sales coaches and learn what you can do right now to accelerate your sales and income. We trust you enjoyed this edition of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. And until next time, just believe.